Welcome to the Cobra Cast with the present VP. For this episode, we would like to thank these valued partners. Is your scratched window ruining your view? Starting from scratch to your experts at removing scratches from windows and any glass surface. Whether it's general scratches around the home or a knife graffiti tag shop front, they can remove it. They're also helping the environment by saving the window from being dumped into landfill while bringing the glass back to its former glory without the scratches. Don't replace your scratched window. Repair it with Starting From Scratched, your glass and scratch removal specialist for home, shop fronts and cars. Call today for a quote, 87595629 or find out more at startingfromscratch.com.au. Once airborne, we'll let you know when you may use approved electronic devices, but note that some items may not be All right, welcome to the Cobra Cast of the President VP. I'm the host, Ricky Rifty, the Prez Logan. I've got my co-host, Ricky Dog VP Etridge. Welcome to the show, and mate. Bit chilly out there tonight, oh, is it? Mate, it's, a, it's a bit chilly out here, mate. I figured my, my arms are getting a little bit cold, mate. And you did say you didn't quite understand a vest on Monday night, so arms are getting cold, mate. The thing that I have we we have been looking for was this three years since we've been sort of in the apparel game on the committee. Yeah, yep. proper customized Sandown Cobras jacket, mate. Isn't oh, it? Look at it. Looks oh, good. Mate, you look at it. Looks good. Oh, Tell you what, I. We're, I reckon we're about one year too late, though, mate, because I reckon last year, if I had a, had one of these, I wouldn't have needed as many beers on the sidelines keeping me warm while I was injured. Yeah, well, you were propping the bar up, though, so that was an important job. Um, but, mate, it looks great. It all looks good. The SCD Apparel, they've done a great job, and we will have them up on our store soon. But in the meantime, you can't go still get a beanie or a buff or a hat on the store and we'll have all the other apparel up soon once we finalize it all. And Matt, it's just good to be rocking in some new, new threads, you know, new drip. I'm not going to lie to you. I went for a walk when we, the day we got them, right? The day that our good mate Phil got them delivered out to us. I had to take, you know, young juice for a walk while the wife had a sleep. My, I, felt, I felt pretty bloody cool, mate. Had the cobra shorts on, the cobra hoodie, I was strutting around town, Emma. I've got, you know, I'm kitted out here. I'm, I'm part of something here. None of this, you know, rocking, rocking up the games with the trackies on and the half beaten up shirt from seven years ago, Mark. You can rock up the games next season, 2021, just as you like the clock, mate, dripping head to toe. Dripping head to toe. And the best thing is, it's like, oh, you bloody spill something on your, sh- your brand new polo shirt. So you stained it and you're like, oh, I need a new one. We've got none in stock. Oh, it doesn't matter, mate, because we'll just order one when we need it. Bang. Order it done. within three, four weeks. You've got it in your hands. So, can't go wrong, mate. It's but, out of this world. All right. We didn't get to it on Monday. We didn't get to hear your, your podcast recommendations. So, I've been, I've been keen. I've been keen to hear oh, what do you got. So, because of Monday night, Mark, without jumping the word, there's a couple of things I need to cover tonight. But first things first, mate, the podcast recommendations. So, this week... We've got two podcasts and a, a web a web show, would you call it, I guess? Yes, a web uh, show. Yeah. So, <clears throat> yeah. All right, so give us a podcast first. What do you got? All right, mate. So the first podcast I've got is a podcast called They Came to Play. It's uh, hosted by Lemo. Yeah, Lemo, before the, uh, before the game back in the day. Yeah, yeah, old Lemo. Yeah. Lemo Mad, uh, Mad Hawks man, isn't he? Yep. Yeah. Uh, Tess Armstrong. 
And actually, a friend of the uh, the Cobras, Danny McGinley. You try, you try and work out how he's a friend of the Cobras, aren't you? Yeah. Uh, he, he somehow caught wind of uh, nothing's better than playing at home back in the day and jumped on Twitter and, you know, mentioned something special was happening in our local footy coming up in the next couple of days. And he, I don't know, so... He's a so friend of the. Uh, he's a friend of the, the Sandown. In... He wanted to get a piece of that um, that trending, global trending, That's you know, it. video we did. So That's it. Yeah. All right. So what's it called again? They came to play. All right. And what are we? What What's it about? What are they? It's footy, mate. They said footy. The other week they done like a, an old old merchandise week. So they'd rock up. I think they done. You know, they brought in what they had that was old stuff, like old cups and old jumpers and. Old stuff like 70s or 80s that they might have laying around from their club. They're nice, all right. It's about footy, mate. It's just footy. It's just so where, where do we find that one? Mate, you find that on iTunes. I listen to it on iTunes. So just search They Came to Play and jump on there and give it a listen. I'm sure they're on Spotify and maybe we're on Podbean. So I guess they're on Podbean if they're following the Cobracast. Um, now, the web show... I'm going to call it a web show. is Jacko and Doink Uncensored. It's a... Game face shows a game face who do all the media for our league, and it's it's pretty much just Southern List show, isn't it? Yeah, well, so they do. Uh, they've got game face Southern Football Netball League. There's a Mornington Peninsula uh, league is covered by game face as well, but there's some other guys. But Jack on Donk, yeah. there are a couple guys yeah. that play play in the Southern Football League, and uh, yeah, yeah, the characters, they're characters. They, yeah, you know me, mate. You know me, I. Get myself out to the Kennel Studios at 10 a.m. every Saturday morning. Get myself all snugged up in my sand down stuff and my headphones on to watch the boys on, uh, on Facebook. We've got to mention today the Cobras. Yeah, quite nice. Not, not, not quite me, but you got to mention. Yeah, <laughs> well, well, he did say this. Ricky, so it could have, you know. I'm not, I'm not going to lie to you. When he did say Ricky, I was like, I can't remember if it was Lee Hartman. I'm like, oh, no, it was Rifty. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, yeah, I was a guest on the show a little while back too, as well, and um, it was good to hear our names. You know, the Sandown Club get brought up when they're talking about the league and stuff, and we're not just the forgotten, forgotten club that's playing in thirds. It was good to, you know, we're still in the good minds of yeah. some. Yeah, and uh, we we have spoken, we've spoken numerous times about you know wanting to do a local version of this and speak to some characters. We've got to get them boys on. Yeah, mate, they, they have a good time on that show, that's for sure, and. Um, uh, they think they think they're uncensored, mate. Get on the Cobra Castle and see how uncensored they yeah, are. Yeah, yeah. Well, we could. I reckon we could push the boundaries a bit. But yeah, mate, we've got to get them on, and they've yeah. they've they've ultimately had the success that we're aiming for at their clubs. With uh, Jacko winning a premiership with uh, Hampton Park, and uh, just last year, and and Donk uh, winning one with um, Springy. Um, so, mate, they've, they've done all right for themselves. Anyway, mate, my, my second podcast recommendation, and we've, we've, it's a special one, mate, it is the first podcast to receive its second Ed Dog recommendation. I'm giving it another recommendation, mate, because I just can't go past it. It also doesn't help. It's pretty much all I've listened to all week. All right. So what is it? I mentioned it last week, mate, the Kick to Kick podcast. I'll say that again. The Kick to Kick podcast. It is, mate. It is. It's superb. I was listening to it when we walked this morning. This, I was, oh, no, this is the one where they're going through the years? Is that the yeah, one? that's the one, mate. I was listening to, I think it was, uh, it was in the 40s, mate. I was into the episode in the 1940s. How's this? They changed a rule back in the 40s. There was too much scoring happening. 
Oh, jeez. Can you imagine that today? There's not enough scoring. Back in the 40s, mate, that changed the rules because there was too much scoring. Well, at the time of recording this, I do just happen to have the footy on over in the other screen right here. And I'll tell you what, there's no threat of too much scoring going on over there, that's for sure. I won't mention what game's getting played because we won't well, talk about that. Yeah, but but no, nah, it I've actually. So, so what rule did they change? What? How did they so, stop? Okay. So you know how there's that rule they want to. You know, there's always that talk about bringing in the last touch rule. You know, instead of throw in, they actually had that rule back in the day. Oh, so when okay. it went from a throw in to a last touch gets a free kick against them, and there was too much scoring, so they brought the throw in back in. Well, there you go. Well, that's you just got to go back, get a history lesson, and then realize if you want more scoring in the game, change a rule that helps it. And you know how they talk about the, the last couple of years is about, you know, get to round 17 and then split the teams off into like, you know, sort of conferences or sections. They used to have that back in the, night, like the early 1900s, late 1800s. So all these people are going, it's not tradition. Learn, learn, listen to Kick the Kick podcast and learn your shit. Yeah, get a history lesson at the same time. And, uh, mate. and, and all these people are going, but oh, the grand final, oh, I'm one that the grand final should be played at the MCJ. Mate. Back in the day when it started, Junction Oval was never at the G. Yeah, well, that's so just that's not kick, kick the kick to kick podcast. I can't recommend it enough, and it's been about two weeks since I released the 1949 episode, so I'm 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 hanging for the 1950s. I'm hanging. Did the acid and have some success in the mate, 50s? Mate. Is that what you? But that is success in the 40s, mate. But Johnny Coleman's just started to get going. All right, <laughs> mate, so, Johnny Coleman. Who, who was dominating the 40s? What team was up there? Essendon and Melbourne, mate. The Bombers in Melbourne had a good 40s. Oh, so. So, any 40s. Melbourne supporter, recommend go back and listen to the last 10 episodes because you might get some, what, some joy out of some football. Yeah, because it's been a while. But yeah. yeah. But no, mate, it's a, it, it's, it's actually, it's, it, it's possibly my second favourite footy podcast at the moment. Oh, nice. All right, so, but. We do have an episode to get into. Mate, mate. We do have an interview. That, I, said, I said we have a long episode today. I want to sort of um, around the grounds action, around the globe, around the world as you will. All right. I just want to point out, so <clears throat> this car, the weekend just been, Japan, footy season got off the ground, mate. The A-League. The they are going to play, well, play five rounds of footy. So they're, grand, they're actually going to get footy, mate. Instead of playing 10, 10 rounds, they're playing five rounds. So good to see that they're getting their footy season off the ground. Nice. Uh, in New Zealand, the uh, Canterbury Australian Football League has just started as well. So they normally start around this time anyway, end of August anyway. So I'm not 100% okay. sure exactly when their grand final is going to be and how much of the season they've missed out on, but they're getting the season going. Um, now, Ireland. Ireland mate, Ireland's kicking. IFO Ireland. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this, the weekend just been was round six. South Dublin took on Belfast and Leeside took on Galway. Um, but the latter, as it, as it stands before the weekend just been. Oh, Leeside would be on top, wouldn't they? Mate, Leeside 3 and 0, South Dublin 2 and 2. Yeah, yeah. I've seen Leeside's been going all right. Yeah, they but, gave... but Belfast, the third, with a game in hand, though, to Leeside and South Dublin. So, oh, sorry, to South Dublin. So they might jump them. But uh, in two weeks, mate, we've got the Cobra Cup. Oh, yeah. Leeside versus South Dublin. Yeah, nice. The Cobra Cup, mate. And there are... Now, what I, when I was trying to do my research for AFI Island, mate, they are on top of it. Even got the goal kicking list on their bloody Facebook page. 
So shout out to uh, Adrian Baldwin of the South Dublin Swans, currently leading the out uh, the, the Coleman in Ireland. Oh, how many has he kicked? Uh, he's kicked less than I did in a game and a half last year. Oh, boy. He's slotted 12 for the season so far. So not, not 12 isn't bad off four games. Like, you know. Yeah. Shortened quarters, yeah, too. Yeah, shortened quarters. Uh, so know. they've actually... They've actually only got three weekends left, mate. And so their semi-final will fall on the 10th of October and their grand final will fall on the 17th. So be keeping the eye on that one, mate. But the one that, before we get there, mate, this is the big one. Saturday the 19th of September. So this coming Saturday, AFR Netherlands grand final. Oof. The Amsterdam Devils are going to take on our friends, the Waterland Eagles. Waterland, they made it. So Waterland advanced. They bet Dolph in the prelim by 29 points. They are eight points down at half time. And, you know, by three-quarter time, they were 17 points up. And end of the game, they just, you know, held on. 29-point winners in the end. But, Mark, could you – so, I reckon next week – this this coming uh, – next week's intro is going to be recorded on the Sunday, I reckon. And wait to find out how Waterland went. Because if Waterland win that grand final, it'll be their first premiership. Jeez, could you imagine Tyson and Yaz and the lads getting uh, getting a bit loose? Yeah, well, Greg? we did say we'll have to get them on if they win. And so we'll wait till November to give them a shout to a call to see if they get on. I was just going to wait till the new year. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, mate, best of luck to Waterland. Uh, hopefully, Yaz and Tyson can get it done. And then Yaz, you know, doesn't get too wayward with the elbows here and, and give away right, too mate, many free kicks. It's, it's a grand final. You have to go in hard the first bounce, mate. Yeah, yeah. But I will, I will have more information on the, uh, the Japan League, the New Zealand League, the Danish League. I know there's footy being played in Austria. The Vienna Galazzo had their first ever win in their history. Uh, there's footy going on there, joint, mate, but I'll worry about hey, that Hey, also, week. mate, a little round robin going on in Poland. Yes, a- I did say AFL Poland, they got four teams up. They got the Warsaw Balls, the Warsaw Saints, the Prague Dragons, and the Dresden Wolves all playing in a little uh, round robin type thing going on. And, uh, so sh- shout out see. to um, obviously been locked down here and a little bit too far away from where we need to get the jumpers. We haven't quite had a chance to get the jumpers across the pole at the moment. But shout out to uh, Whitefriars Old Boys, Whitefriars College, and South Belgrave. I'm pretty sure it is for sending out some jumpers to Poland to fill in the boys across there. The jump, the down jumpers are coming. They're just uh. Very hard when they're stuck in the rooms. You know that in there. <laughs> yeah, it's made hard. And like, don't worry, Phil. They are f- coming. <laughs> we are a fair bit further away than five k's from our footy club that we're not allowed in anyway. So, yeah. um, but all right, mate. So let's get in this episode because we're speaking to a mate of mine, Tim. Uh, he's found his way over to Germany. He's uh, and now he's just coaching the German Eagles national team for the for the girls. So. Before we get into it, mate, I just want to once once again mention um, don't drink and drive and go pink for life. It's a we do speak about this quite heavily in this episode, um, and you know I I feel like Monday we didn't mention that the pre last week was Are You Okay Day. Um, obviously, it's a week later, and we pride ourselves on here, mate, about not needing not needing one day to see how mates are going. But yeah, just check up on your mates, see how they're going, make sure everyone's you know they're good. I know you're a good, mate. I see you every second day. Not as much as we used to, but I still see you a bit. But yeah, but, just. Um, mate, we've got to get into this because we're going to go check up on our mates now. We're going to go chat to the boys and see how they're all going. But 
Uh, enjoy this chat with Tim, and we'll catch you on the next one. Um, yeah, enjoy. All right, so today we're joined by an old mate of mine from all the way from Germany, Tim McLaughlin. Welcome to the show, mate. Uh, thanks, man. Good to be here. Good to be here. Uh, mate, it's uh, good to have you. Good to see your face, mate. It's been a, been a while. You sort of disappeared off to Germany and, and yeah, yeah it's been for a while. Yeah, it's been about four years now, so yeah, quite some time. Yeah, yeah nice. So you are the uh, coach of the German women's national team. Yep, um, so right. we'll get we'll get into all that stuff uh, in a little bit. But first of all, how did you come across and get involved in footy over in Germany in the first place? Uh, so I moved across here, um, you know, like I said, about four years ago, and I was living near Frankfurt. And the Frankfurt Redbacks have a team. Um, and yeah, I think I think I saw it on Facebook or somewhere like this. Um, and I thought, what footy in Germany? What are you? <laughs> what is this nonsense? Uh, and uh, yeah, being in a new country, it's always pretty interesting because you, know, you don't speak the language necessarily, and different cultures and uh, customs. And you know, being Aussie, you sort of search out for people you know. And uh, so I thought I'll pop along to a game, and I uh, went down and met the boys. And yeah, it was from there just. It was really interesting getting to meet a lot of new Germans and uh, other internationals, a lot of, especially around Frankfurt. There's a lot of, uh, you know, we've got players from, uh, a couple of players are from Spain, uh, a couple of players from Ireland, because uh, Frankfurt's quite international. So, yeah, it was really, really interesting. So, yeah. Yeah, nice. Long time yeah. since I'd strapped the boots on, I guess, too, in, in Oz. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was, yeah. yeah. So, you were an ice hockey player back in Oz, weren't you? You hadn't really played yeah. that much footy as a... A senior. Uh, so I played a lot of footy up until I was about um, yeah, nearly 20. Um, but then, yeah, switched into ice hockey and just that took up all of my time. Um, I'm still playing ice hockey here, actually. Um, but, uh, yeah, I guess the connection to footy was really, really good. Um, and I guess I, I stopped playing because I stopped enjoying footy. And then here I really found you know, that passion again. And that was the big difference for me. So. Yeah, no, that's, uh, that's awesome. And we've heard a lot of people that have travelled overseas and, and they found an, an Aussie rules team then might not necessarily played much footy back in Oz, but they've then sort of found that bit of connection back to Australia and that, you know, they then have friends that sort of have similar interests and, and you know, they're able to create, uh, make friends with, you know, broad range of people that they might not necessarily get to make friends with. Is that something you've yep. found the same? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. It's, it's something where you've got that one thing in common. Like I understand now why in Australia, you know, people from other countries tend to socialize more together. Yeah. You sort of think, Oh, why don't you assimilate a bit more or do this or do that? But um, yeah, you need that sort of common ground, that common interest. And uh, I think that's what footy really, really brought over here. So, yeah. Yeah. No. So you, you are, you have taken the reins of the German uh, women's national team, the German German Eagles. Um, yeah. So when and how long have the the Eagles been going for? Um, so the girls played their first tournament in Cork Island. I think that was two years ago. Now they played their first tournament. Um, but yeah, the strange thing is that uh, my my partner she came along to all the footy games and she was our number one fan. I guess she was always taking photos and doing this and that. And then she'd have a bit of a kick. And next thing they were talking about getting a girls league sort of off the ground. Um, and from there, it really, really took off. Um, 
So yeah, about two years ago, they played in Cork Island at the, uh, the Euro Cup. And then last year, they managed to play at the uh, Euro Cup and also the Euro Championships, which is only, I think it's once every three or four years. Um, and it's a one-week tournament, so it's an 18-a-side. Um, normally, over here, they play a lot of nine-a-side uh, footy. And that's also a very interesting transition after playing 18s, where all of a sudden there's just a lot less people. <laughs> um, and the grounds are a bit smaller, so the transition. So, yeah, it's quite interesting. So in doing this show, I've noticed that a lot of clubs, a lot of clubs, a lot of countries, their men's and women's team will be named differently. Where the German yep. team, they're both the Eagles. Um, yep. What was, do you know what the decision was to make both the men and the women the Eagles instead of having two separate names? So I guess for most of the conversation that was had, because they sort of looked at um, quite a few different, different names. Um, but I think the conversation was that the Eagle is the symbol of Germany and that they wanted to represent their company under that symbol. Um, I know that the Berlin team, uh, they play under the Crocs for the men and the women, and the Hamburg team play under the Dockers for the men and the women. Um, at Frankfurt, they're the red backs for the men, but the, the women is the red cats. Uh, but I think Köln is the same. It's also just the Lions. Um, so most of it tends to be not split up like this. Um, so, yeah, but the idea, I think, was that most people wanted to play under the... Um, for their country under the eagle. So, yeah. yeah, nice. I've always found it strange when countries will have like um, the GB Swans and the Bulldogs. I found, I've always found that quite strange. But one thing we asked the GB Swans when we had them on the other week was, you know, footy's had a massive, women's footy's had a massive boom worldwide and especially in Europe. Has that yeah. helped the standard of footy that you've seen across in Germany and Europe? Um, yeah, I think so. I think it pushes... Um, the guys, and I think it pushes the girls, um, especially with certain clubs. Uh, the the connection is so strong between the men and the women, so that they tend to travel together to the games. Um, and what you've got to remember is, unlike local footy here, where sometimes you might you might have a forty five minute drive if you live somewhere not so great. But here, you know, our travel times at the moment. I live in Heidelberg, um, and the travel time to Berlin is about six hours. Yeah, um, so. Most of the time, you're going to jump on a ICE train, um, which are these super fast 300 kilometer an hour trains. And somehow it still takes four and a half hours. It never makes sense to me. <laughs> I'm, trying, I'm trying to work out the maths on it. I'm like, you're doing 300, 600 Ks, takes four hours. Uh, but yeah. So basically, I think there's a huge connection here where the, the men really support the women, uh, but also the, the travel. Yeah, because football's a social game. Yeah, it's the kind of thing where once you're finished, you have a beer, you have a laugh and, and that. And when the women are playing, then you know, the men get around it and really support it. And I think that really drives up the level. So, yeah. Yeah, it's something we've been, it's been great hearing about that there is such a good support for the women's game. And, um, you know, unfortunately, I think there's a lot of sort of stereotypes with footy and stuff over here that aren't quite broken yet with yep. the women's game. And um, it's good that, they're sort of starting without those stereotypes. They're able to, you know, start teams up and they're not having to sort of, you know, they don't have 60, 70 year old blokes that are, yeah, women shouldn't be playing this sport and things like that. Because yeah. yeah. So, I think there's stereotypes everywhere, if I'm completely honest about this. Um, and I'm sure that there would definitely be some issues to overcome. Um, but I think what's really great is that, just the speed that it's taken off with doesn't allow for that kind of negativity, if that makes sense. Um, 
and in Australia where you've you've had this really strong setup and you know huge support for footy you know like it's the number one game um when all of a sudden you introduce this women's thing then it's a bit it's the new thing whereas here it's kind of all the new thing so even though frankfurt for example has been around for 25 years as a club um or maybe even more because it's always got this transient amount of players coming and going then having the women there supporting makes all the social things better. It makes all of the other interactions better and it just keeps the numbers up at training and that sort of thing too. So yeah, I think it's a really different, different system, which is really great. I think as you would have like, spoke to Berlin the other week, when you got people as passionate as people like Kat, that was you know so passionate about women's footy, I think that would definitely help yep. drive a national team of women's footy in Europe. When you have people like that, so passionate yep. about the girls, the women's game and not having, I think in that conversation with the stereotypes were mentioned i think yep. rifty about that yeah yeah yep. Yep. so i think the thing is yeah when you have people like cat um there's another another person named lisa who's from uh england and um i don't know when you have people like that who are just so passionate about the sport um it, you know there's not really much anyone can be negative about when there's so much positivity just being sort of forced in that direction um, and that's really great because when you've got people who are really willing to step up and take the lead um, then it makes all the difference because people need to uh, organize people need to plan people need to do all this um, I know like my partner Marin she does a lot of the uh, planning for the national team and even for the local league and all that sort of thing she's the women's um, development coordinator um, and it's just a lot of work goes into this sort of stuff. And that's the big difference. When you've got people who are passionate and committed, then yeah, it's really hard to stop those kind of people, you know? <laughs> so, and I think that's really great. Yeah, definitely. And I think, um, you know, when you've got someone like Kat, we mentioned that has come from Australia where, you know, she got to an age where she couldn't play football anymore because you know, yep. there wasn't a pathway for her. So she understands what it's like to, to not, not be able to get to play the game and, so that that passion and drive to succeed and get the women's game going over there is definitely shines through. And um, she was getting quite emotional talking about the women's the team, and and um, it's yeah, it's great to see the passion that she had for it. Yep. Um, but what about the selection process for the Eagles? How how do you uh, you know go through that process with uh, selecting the team? So basically. At the moment, we've got a lot more numbers. Well, initially when it first started, the amount of numbers was purely enough to form a team. Um, because for example, someone like Kat is ineligible, she's not German, yeah? Um, so the numbers initially was like, can we get enough people to form a team that we can take, you know? Um, but now we have so many new players that it's absolutely fantastic that I actually have a development squad. So, um, this year we actually plan to do five training camps and this is the massive issue that we have is because of the distance. So most of the players will need to travel around four hours on average. We try and center it a little bit um, to the training camp location. Um, so basically what we've got is a lot of new players who are quite good. Uh, but then we've got these older players who, when we say older, they've been only playing for two years, but uh, their skills, you know, between two years and complete beginner are quite, quite different. Um, so, and then we've had some players who, you know, have just picked the game up really, really quickly, you know. So the idea of running a development squad um, and then selecting from there has been really important to us. Um, and that's, I guess, this year we were expecting to advance things a lot further. But like most people around the world, COVID decided to choose something else. But um, 
yeah, that's basically the way that we look at it is that every single person that we can, we will get into this uh, team as far as from a development point. And then from there, we need to select two forms of a team, which is a nines. And then also we were supposed to be right now, uh, last weekend was the start of it for the International Cup um, in Australia. And then that's an 18s. So, you know, when you've got a selection of, I think it's 28 for the International Cup, or you've got 13 for the Euro Cup, then yeah, the selection process is a little bit different. But what my attempt is, is that if we do a development team and everyone's trying to push their skills, then we can improve everyone so that everyone's hopefully going back to their um, cities, wherever it happens to be around Germany, and then also building their local teams as well based on the training they're getting. So, yeah. Yeah, where are you looking for the um, 2020 International Cup? Uh, I thought we were actually looking really good. Um, I feel like we, we have a very, very good squad. Um, we unfortunately like lost one of our players in a drink drive accident that you might have heard discussed previously, um, Janine. And she was a little bit like the, the heart and soul of the team in a lot of ways. Um, and that was really, really difficult. But I think as a team, it sort of brought everyone closer together too. And I actually thought that if, if we had have made it out to Australia, then um, Ireland would have been our biggest competitor. And I think we would have given given them a real run for the money, you know? So, but unfortunately that's all hearsay at the moment. <laughs> so, yeah. so, well, hopefully um, a bit more time under your belt and, you know, for 2021, if it hopefully can still go ahead next year, because we want to get up there yep. for it. Um, yep. You get those training camps in and, and the team will be all better for it. And yep. uh, in regards to Janina, we, um, we know that only a couple of weeks ago was supposed to be that, uh, go pink for life uh, round for Janine and, and unfortunately um, couldn't play that what was planned to be quite a um, special round for her but what did you guys do for that instead what was uh, what actually went ahead so in Köln where she was based out of so initially Köln and um, Frankfurt were merged as one team but she was actually from the Köln region um, or Cologne sorry let me see uh, the Cologne region um, and yeah, basically they managed to run a three-team local side competition, which was really great. Uh, and her mum got along and made a presentation and that was, I think, a really, really good starting point. But for most clubs around the country, um, they're able to actually put on their own version of, of a pink round. Um, so there's a lot of sort of social media posts and, and whatnot. Um, at the moment, we're in the process of AFL Europe's got a competition called Race to the G. Um, and it's a race that goes from London to the MCG. So it's 16,900 kilometers and it's a, a running race. Um, and the girls for Germany are currently leading this race uh, by quite a distance actually. By And uh, yeah, for that round, uh, for that week, the girls all made a, a huge effort to put in some extra kilometers and it was about week four. And some of the girls had already been putting in, you know, 120 Ks a week, 130 Ks a week runs uh, or, you know, distances. And then I was asking them to do a little bit more. So I think uh, it was a little bit trying on the girls because it was about the time where their bodies were feeling a bit sore and whatever else. Uh, but yeah, we managed to, I think we made about 300 kilometers more than the previous weeks as a group. So yeah, it was really, really good. So a few of the girls are quite tired and uh, yeah, but they really stepped up. 
there's not enough time to run 120Ks in a week. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. I'm sitting here and he said 120K. I was like, after they put it up, I'm like, I done 10K run yesterday. My legs are dead. Like, I don't know how you're doing that many Ks in a week. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the girls the girls are really, really putting a lot of effort in. Um, and yeah, the distances that they're, um, that they're managing to uh, achieve, I'm just like, wow, you know, this is really, really impressive. Um, there are some downsides to it that I, so like I said, my partner is part of this this team. Um, and yeah, so when I'm a bit tired after work and wouldn't mind a bit of a laze on the lounge, then I get roped into this as well. So <laughs> uh, from a coaching point of view, let me say that uh, I'm very happy to be doing this. From a personal point of view, it's like bloody hell, I wouldn't mind a bit of a lay on the lounge and a beer. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, it's, it's really great. And that's the, the team's come come together for that, which is really, really cool. So. Yeah, it's uh, it's been awesome to hear um, how much that uh, not only the teams in Germany but the teams all around Europe have uh, got together to help celebrate uh, Janine's uh, life. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's been fantastic that yeah. the AFL Europe community all comes together, and it's something we're we're admiring a lot about the AFL Europe community is that they do come together and help each other out. Yeah, uh, and. I noticed you mentioned they they sort of the Cologne had started their own little league sort of thing. So that was something we noticed a few weeks ago when we still had hopes of playing some sort of footy. As you guys did something a little innovative over in Cologne and created three little teams and, and had a draft style selection. Can you sort of talk about that a little bit? Uh, so this is something that I think Lisa organized. Um, but yeah, this is where they were able to, yeah, exactly that, um, create a draft system um, and choose out their players. And then they were, I think, one of the first places that were allowed to play contact again. Um, so they were able to do that. But I know that Hamburg is now doing the same thing. So they've got a three-team local competition doing the same thing. Uh, and I believe that Berlin is is looking at doing the same thing. So yeah, it's really good because it keeps them playing footy. Um, it keeps a little bit of the competitiveness in it too. Um, and what's really good, actually playing mixed teams. So, um, you know, it's a game where you can tackle. Um, basically, the idea is that you're not doing large sling style tackles, which I guess you shouldn't anyway. But, you know, these huge overbearing tackles where some guy weighing 120 kilos runs through some, some smaller player. Uh, but generally, it's very, very competitive and... It's, it's good fun. It keeps uh, the girls under a bit of pressure, which I think is really good as well. Um, where at first, I think some of them were a bit sort of concerned about, oh, if I we're playing against the guys, you know, uh, what's this or what's that? And now, you know, when you realise you're not playing with idiots who are out there to take heads, <laughs> um, that they can have contact, they can have tackling, they can have this sort of setup and that, it's, that it works well, you know. Um, and I think that's the good thing is that when all of a sudden they step onto the field to play another country or, or whatever that happens to be, they're not terrified of the, the body contact. Because this is what I guess the crazy difference is, is that most of the time here, soccer is the sport of choice um, or other non-contact sports. So the idea of tackling and this body contact bumping, you know, for some of the players, it takes a little bit for them to get used to, you know, so, yeah. Yeah, so I um I saw pretty sure I saw your name in there as a free agent. Did you end up playing a couple of games? <laughs> uh, I didn't actually get down to Kelm, um, so unfortunately I couldn't make the go. But uh, I've just started a new job. But I'm actually 
hoping to get get down and uh, get a couple of games in the next few weeks, hopefully. Fingers crossed. So, yeah, see yeah. how we go. It was a fantastic initiative. And as Riff, you said, that sort of, we noticed that sort of when, I think it was our season was just about, it just got cancelled, but we still had use to the ground, still went locked down. And we were talking about we could do that with our players. That way we at least you know, have nine aside competition, do a full draft, and then about two days later we got locked down and yeah. probably got to leave our fucking houses. So Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it makes makes a big difference. I remember when when it really kicked in over here was about March, like start of March, and we had a training camp um weekend and a lot of these sort of things planned and a few of the players were a bit concerned about COVID. And when it first happened, it was a bit like, oh, yeah, you know, not sort of not really that serious type thing. I think we'll be all right, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then I remember talking with uh, one of the other coaches and we were like, oh, it should be all right, it should be all right. A few, play, a few players said, oh, no, no, we can't come. And we were sort of like, oh. And it went from literally, you know, our attitude being like that to two days later, everything in full lockdown. <laughs> and then it was like, yeah, probably a good idea that we didn't get everyone along. And it turned out that Colin was like a, a real hotspot for it, which is where we were having the actual training camp. So, yeah, that would have been a nightmare. So, <laughs> yeah, wow. that worked out well. Things up for a reason. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, obviously, with your camps and sort of all the travel you mentioned uh, for the national team and, and, you know, with the hopes of getting over to Australia, um, there'd be a fair bit of uh, costs involved in all that. And yep. so how hard has it been to get sort of sponsors to help offset some of the costs for the team? Um, we were pretty lucky that we got a sponsor last year um, and they contributed like a, a bit of cash and that was quite helpful. Um, so I guess the biggest problem with sponsorship is the fact that the sport is, you know, not so known over here. Um, but we've, we've been pretty lucky with sponsors. I guess this year we haven't um, chased up sponsors so much purely because there's nothing to, to get off the ground. Um, but I know that we're looking heavily into what the sponsors matter are now. Um, so yeah, hopefully we have some good news coming up. But I think for most people with COVID, it's a little bit of a knock on the head. Uh, especially when you're saying, hey, have you guys got some extra cash that we'd like to spend? <laughs> um, yeah, I think most people are a bit under the belt. Uh, but yeah, I think we've we've actually uh, had a bit of a sponsorship from Janine who passed away's um, parents. They've actually donated some, some um, money towards the IC, um, which is a really cool thing. So a few of the players will get free airfares and things like this and make their travel a lot more available. Um, so that has been a huge outcome from this. Um, but yeah, I guess, yeah, sponsorship is always, always an issue and the costs are, like you said, getting across from Germany to Australia and being there, I think the IC goes for about two and a half to three weeks. Um, you know, it's quite a commitment from the girls because not only do they have to use, uh, annual leave or time off school or whatever it is, but yeah, the cost, obviously Australia is not the cheapest country when it comes to having a beer um, or, or food compared to Germany. Um, but yeah, so it's a little bit of an ask. But I guess one good thing is that over here, you actually normally get about uh, 30 days annual leave. So it is a bit of a difference to Oz. So yeah, that's one decent advantage. <laughs> so, not bad. Yeah, yeah, not bad at all. Yeah. Oh, hopefully you've got a bit more time. You're able to raise a bit more money for the girls for next year and and uh, yeah, get a good team across. But all right, it's time to get into the social side of things. We yep. love a good social side, and um, <laughs> one of the things we love to hear about is Grand Final Day. 
No, no. Yep. It's one of the things you love. Um, so you have been over there for the last four years. So what have you done for the last four years for grand final day and what other things do you guys do for social functions and stuff? Okay. So the first year I celebrated grand final day by myself in a small village uh, and I, I made my own pies and sausage rolls and uh, got myself all revved up, paid to download the grand final and it did not work in this village. The internet was terrible. Um, and yeah, no one, no one was with me. Uh, sorry, one sec. Let me just change this. Uh, no one was with me. Um, but yeah, most of the time the teams are putting together um, like a pub style day um, where most of the time they end up at an Irish pub um, or something similar. And it's actually been pretty good. They've ran uh, a lot of sort of tipping comps or first goal, you know, type things or, or whatever. Um but I think last year, uh, I know in Frankfurt, they got about 60 people along to, to the grand final day at the pub, which the uh, biggest problem you've got is the time difference. It's a yeah. bit of an early start. <laughs> so, yeah, trying to get the pub to open at 6 a.m. so that everyone can get down there and get on the booze. It's a bit of an ask. But, uh, yeah, I think they've done pretty well. So I know in, in Berlin and Hamburg, they have a lot more numbers. Um, there tends to be like a lot bigger expat community. And yeah, so for there, they can get a lot more numbers along. So yeah, I think that's pretty good. But, yeah. yeah. Again, Rifty, can you stop asking that question, please, mate? Yeah. You're ruining my night with them ones. But um, <laughs> how about uh, fundraisers? For, like, obviously, you said that you get sponsors to help out. Do you guys do any fundraising or anything like that to help with the costs? So I guess most of the, most of the money, I would say, comes internally. Um, I know a lot of the clubs try and offset costs. So a lot of the time you'll catch trains somewhere and, you know, some of the trains might cost 60 or 80 euros for the train ticket. Um, but I know the club's been offsetting a lot of the costs and they've been doing that through things like raffles and, and whatnot. Um, I know some of the local clubs have got better sponsorships than we do at a national level, actually. Um, and that sort of makes a big difference. So for them, that's, yeah, I think the change. So how long have you been the coach of the national team for or involved with the national team? Um, so last year I was the assistant coach and uh, this year I'm now the head coach. So it's only this year. Um, we managed to get one training camp in. Um, and yeah, in February, I think that was right before uh, <laughs> it hit. But yeah, we've only done the one this year. So, yeah. so all I'm hearing here is undefeated as coach. Exactly. It's a 100% strike rate. <laughs> that's all I'm hearing. I have not lost a game. That's, that's <laughs> Tell your friends. Yeah. He's unbeatable. Yeah. July. So we're almost in August, almost eight months into the role. Eight, eight undefeated. Yeah. Exactly. Not a, bad, not exactly. a bad record. It, mate, it's bloody sensational. <laughs> it's an entire season. So, yeah, come September. Um, yeah. So, so you mentioned at the start that you played for the uh, the Frankfurt Redbacks. Um, yep. And you played a bit in your early days, before, uh, up to your twenties in Australia. So, what's your like? What position do you play? What did you play? Uh, when I was <laughs> when I was younger, I played wing. Uh, now that I'm a bit older, I've been playing full back. Um, so, yeah, I guess at the moment I can kick pretty well. So, I guess for yeah, it's a big advantage in in this league is like when you've got a lot of new players, 
trying to get people to kick over 50 metres when they're new to the game with a little bit of accuracy is a little bit more difficult. Uh, so, yeah, I guess too from a leadership role is um, if you're playing full back, you have a pretty good over, overview of the entire ground so you can set up pretty well and play out of there. So, yeah, but in Australia, yeah, definitely a lot more on the wing or the centre. But yeah. Just with that, so you mentioned that being full back, you can set the whole ground. I'm a full forward, so I definitely understand that you get a yep. good view of the ground. Because you play a lot of your games on soccer pitches or rugby pitches, does that sort of make it easier to see the whole ground? Or does it sort of does the view sort of change any any way? So I guess it depends on the quality of the grounds. Yeah. We do have some interesting <laughs> grounds. Um, for example, one of the grounds in, in Stuttgart is a baseball field and it literally has a baseball mound in the field <laughs> yeah so they they normally have this uh like cordoned off and if the ball's going to head in that direction then they might whistle it down or something um it's strange it doesn't hit, hit it as much as you would think it would but uh the rest of the ground is perfect um but yeah when yeah, i think most of the time that the views it's it's definitely different um but yeah i think the problem is the maintenance of the ground so sometimes like i said you're not you're not dealing with pristine uh, lo locations like you might be in local footy where your grounds tend to be pretty good um, you also what you don't have is you know in Australia you normally have a fence that sort of gives you a bit more of an overview of exactly where the ground ends here they'll do sort of line marking or you'll end up with uh, like witches hats or something like that um, and I guess that's sometimes where it's a little bit harder to give you an overview you know so, yep. Yeah, no, there's been many times with all the clubs that I now follow on Instagram and Facebook, and they'll put pictures up of them playing a game or training. And the, you know, I look at the grass and show up to people's ankles, and yep. I just sit there and go, I could not imagine the uproar at local footy yep. in Australia if Blokes Rock, isn't it? Rip, Blokes Rock up and hasn't been mowed for two days, and it's oh, it's bloody too long, let alone you know, up to the ankles. Like, yeah, it's. Yep. I, even I look at it and go, I don't know how I'd go playing on that surface. And Even the fence thing. Even that, like, there's, well, there's only a couple of grounds that we've played on that don't really have a, a fence line sort of close to the ground or some, you know, some kind of... Cerberus. Fence you, you look at yeah, Cerberus. Cerberus. Down on like, the yeah. change room side of Cerberus, you have absolutely no idea where the end the ground yeah. finishes. As I'm saying, that all their grounds would be like that. There's no fences whatsoever. We have one place we play like that, and it's all they bitch about the whole game. Is uh, I couldn't see the others. I couldn't oh, see no. where the boundary line was. You, know? you, have, you have two grounds. Yeah. The other one's also built on a tip and divots yeah. and stuff like that. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, it's a, a bit of a beggars can't be choosers type scenario. I know in uh, in Frankfurt, our home ground advantage was that um, there was a lot of swans or ducks. And uh, the ground was pretty heavily covered in what the ducks left behind. So yeah, if you <laughs> if you're running along, it was quite often you'd do a bit of a slide tackle and uh, end up with more on you than you wished. Uh, but yeah, certainly certainly different. <laughs> and here we crap, we we go on about oh, buddy, someone didn't pick up their dog shit for like once, like a million times once. But we go on about times with dog shit, and here they are knowing fully well there's duck droppings around the ground. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I call it the home, home ground advantage, you know. So, yeah. There was no yeah, thought no, of it's changing. Definitely, Go ahead. Yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely different. The, the problem is most of the soccer um, grounds they won't give you access to because the idea is that we're definitely going to wreck their ground. Um, and so that's an issue. One of the other issues that we really face across Europe is goalposts. Yeah. So 
and it's something you take for granted being in Oz is like everywhere you go, there's a set of goalposts you can go down and have a kick at. But for us, we need to set up goalposts every time. And uh, a lot of the time the ground's quite hard and or you're not allowed to punch into the ground or, you know, all these different rules. And next thing you've got these PVC style goalposts that with a bit of wind, they're facing in on a 45 degree angle, closes your goal, goal surface out a little bit. Or if the wind's blowing the other way, it opens them up a bit more. Depends on your, you know, uh, there's a few times that's helped me, let me tell you. Um, but, <laughs> but yeah, it's just something that you just never think of in Australia. You, whatever you want, you can head down and have a bit of a kick and there's some posts. But yeah, here it's a, a bit of a problem. Imagine yeah. that, dog. You're taking your shot for goal. You've lined it up. It's going straight through the middle. Bloody wind comes along and the post smacks <laughs> your foot the other way. <laughs> we, 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 we had a chat before we started recording and something gave me anxiety. And it's probably giving me more anxiety than now. Yeah. Just, again, we have blokes complain like when you stand in the middle of the, middle of the ground and the goals aren't completely straight. We have blokes yeah. whinge about that, let alone you know, goal posts yeah. coming in at each other. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, no, it's, it's quite interesting. The other thing too is... Um, Sometimes, you know, we've, we've tried to work out different systems and we ended up with these uh, sort of slalom pole type setups where they're only about two and a half metres high. Uh, but then the problem was that it's quite difficult to see where the goal is, which one is the goal, which one's the point. So you've seen players like line up thinking that's the goal because you just can't see the outside posts with all the players standing around and they've nailed a point and they're convinced it's a goal, you know. So they, they're off celebrating and then it's like, no, nope, you're the wrong one, mate. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I tell you what, a couple of uh, eight meter high posts would be absolute perler. So, yeah. uh, so what about uh, Aussie rules? Who do you follow in the AFL? Uh, I'm on Port. Yeah, so I don't know if you boys saw the Port game, but I have some questions about the umpiring decisions over the weekend. No, no, let's go back to Port Adelaide two weeks ago, eh? <laughs> no, let's not. Let's not. <laughs> I have some questions about that umpire. <laughs> so, what's, what's the go at the moment? Is, is kicking in danger just non-existent now, is it? It seems like if you put your hands near the ball and someone decides to do a soccer punt at your hands, it's, it's just game on at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. They've made it clear that first to the footy is no, no longer good. an advantage. So <laughs> yeah. You're taught as a kid, be first to the ball, you'll be protected by the umpires. Now it's... If you, you watch players will let somebody pick the ball up and grab them. Most of the time, they've already got a hand on them before they've even picked the ball up. They grab yep. them, wrap them up straight away, bear hug them, freaking dry root them. Buy them dinner. Without dinner, that's the problem, mate. Yeah, without dinner, they try going in raw and then they go, they sit there going, free kick, free kick, and now by nine out of ten times goes, yep, free kick. No and genuine it. attempt. Yeah. But my fucking have a chance. Get rid of it. Uh, it's uh, yeah, we could go on all day about that, so we let's not get into it too much. It's um, but what about your favourite player? Who's no, no, you missed you missed my favourite question, mate. What number does he oh, wear? Oh yeah, go. Yep. What number? What, do no, what number do I wear? Yeah. Number thirteen. Thirteen. Yeah, uh, no, no, I'm, I'm just joking. No, no, I'm on number sixteen, mate. I'm on number sixteen. I'm not that unlucky. So yeah. no, number sixteen's my number. So yeah, yeah no. Any, it's just my birthday. There's no special thing to it. Uh, yeah. So my birthday is the 16th of March. So that's it. Just pe- pop that one on and off I go. So, but now nah, um, my favorite player um, at the moment, I reckon I'll be pushing through, through a few. Yeah. 
I think Robbie from Port's got to be a bit of a superstar. And, uh, yeah, I know he ends some people's dreams, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> I think Robbie, Robbie Gray, I think, is a, a, bit of a, a bit of a gun at the moment. Um, but, yeah, I think at the moment I'd say probably Travis Boak, to be honest. I think Travis Boak is uh, at the age of his career where he should really be hanging up the boots, and he is absolutely storming <laughs> through at the moment. So, yeah, I've, uh, I've been pretty happy with Travis Boak at the moment. So. Yeah, that's all right. I don't mind Travis Blake. Probably great to get back. Um, <laughs> all right, so it's time for a dog's favourite part now to throw some teammates under the bus or your, your players that you coach. Um, so this one's going to be interesting as well because he's been thrown under the bus a couple of times in a few of the yeah, yeah, clubs we've spoken to. Exactly. So it's time to get some revenge and um, feel, feel free to throw anyone from the Redbacks or any of the girls, whoever you can come up with, anyone that's uh, yeah. over in Germany. But uh, what do you got first, Ed Dog? All right. So who involved with the German Eagles would you say is the class clown? Uh, the class clown at the Eagles. I'd say probably Rezzy, Teresa. Yeah, crazy. She's the captain. I'd say she is the class clown. She can pretty much take anything you say and put it into a, a me too moment, let's say, where she says something that's pretty dirty and I'm just like backing up, like, get away, get away. Uh, yep, I don't want any involvement in this, no matter what she says. Uh, she's hilarious. It absolutely makes me piss myself laughing. And if I wasn't the coach, I would be all for it. But uh, <laughs> yeah, definitely class clown, I'd say it's Rezzy. Yep. I, I could say that from our chat with him. Berlin the other week when we had her on. Yeah, you can see her being the class clown. Uh, how about the party animal? Party animal. Oh, I would have said, I would say probably it would have been Janine. Yeah, uh, she was always, always on the go. Um, so at the moment, I'd say, oh, who would I put down as the, the party animal? Yeah, I'd say I think it's pretty hard to beat Janine until we have another session going. I reckon it's going to be pretty hard to beat her. She was the girl that was going at 4am. You'd wake up at 8am and she was still going. And then, yeah, absolutely on the go. So, yeah. Nice. All right. Um, all right. So this is usually an Aussie for this one, but who's the person that takes the game far too seriously? <laughs> I'd say... I'd say me when I'm playing uh, is you know, I'm the person that takes it far too seriously when I'm on a field. But uh, if it wasn't me on a field and it was the team, who would I put that down as? Ooh, that's a tough one, actually. Maybe I might, I might put Jen under the bus for this one. I think Jen, she's uh, someone who was a judo black belt or Euro champion, I think. Uh, and... She is an absolute demon on the field and I've seen her make some tackles that I thought maybe a little bump might have been the better choice there, but just absolutely <laughs> flogged. I thought there was one game we were talking about in general where um, she she picked up this the ball, kicked it, it came back at her and someone else grabbed it. She just flogged him into the ground, picked the ball up, kicked it back. It's come straight back to the same player. Three times in a row, she just flogged this other girl to the ground. <laughs> to the ground. Three massive tackles until the point the other girl started yelling at her. <laughs> but uh, yeah, now nah, I think the group's a, good, a pretty good group. So overall, it's a bit of a harder question. So. Yeah, well, you definitely wouldn't want to get caught in a chicken wing tackle from a, a judo no. black belt, that's for sure. No, definitely not. 
All right. Uh, so who's the player you would not want to have to share a room with on a, on a trip away? So a trip up to IC or something like that. Who would I not want to share a room with? Um, I don't want to say my partner because she's in the same room as me. <laughs> so I'll let that one go. Um, wait, for who the, would I back, wait for the arm to come across off the screen. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna throw Razor Ray under the bus, Marika. She's the assistant coach. I'm gonna say <laughs> I'm gonna say her because I'm sick. Whoop whoop. What is going on there? Whoop. Sorry guys, I don't know if I start recording. Something just dialed me in. Um, yeah, I'm gonna say Razor Ray um, because. She's a massive Essendon fan and I just can't hear any more Essendon stories. That's why <laughs> somehow everything you talk about turns into, into an Essendon story. So I'm going to throw right, well, her where, the where do we start then? Let's get this. I just really pissed off. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, that dog might have to share a room with her and they can talk about Essendon. But if we the 93 grand Cup, final. Yeah, Anytime stories. you bring up the Danahers, I'm, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's my. Who's got the Who's got the best nickname? Uh, I think Razor Ray is a good little nickname. Uh, I think Rezzy's is an interesting nickname because coming from Australia, Rezzy, it just doesn't sound like a a good nickname. Uh, every time I think about it, I have a bit of a chuckle. So <laughs> I'm like, uh, her name's Teresa, but yeah, they call her Rezzy, and I'm just like. Oh, dicey. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, that's all right. Um, all right, so it's been good to catch up with you, mate. Thanks for jumping yeah. on and, and chatting about the Eagles. Uh, where can everyone go to follow along with the German Eagles? And uh, so, the at the moment, yeah, they're, they're all over Instagram uh, and Facebook. Uh, so I think if you just check up German Eagles women's that it comes up, um, they do a fair bit of social media stuff. So it's actually quite an interesting page to actually follow. Um, so yeah, get on it, check out our progress for what the girls are doing for the race towards the G. I think at the moment they're at about 10,000 uh, kilometers. So yeah, pretty fair effort. Uh, nice, but yeah, so if you check it out. then uh, They're heading on the home great. straight. So yeah, go yep. check out that page and cheer them along as they make their way to the G. But, yeah, thanks again for joining us, mate. It was uh, great to catch up. Yeah, no problem at all. Thanks very much, guys. Thanks, bye. Right. Thanks for watching the Cobra Cast with the present VP. And if you need somebody to talk to, why not contact New Life Psychology in Berwick? They are now taking phone appointments. Or you could head to otlr.com.au for tips and info. And we are supporters of TAC's Towards Zero campaign. Head to towardszero.vic.gov.au for more info because zero is the only acceptable number. Hey Siri, play the Cobra cast with the present VP.